We get into day two of Ray Haynes, our general manager, teaching on Passover. You know, it's pretty cool being here with three pastors almost every day. You and Steve and, of course, Pastor Don. We have, we have learned a lot. We're we, pastored up. We have, been, we, have been, we have been cared for. We yes. have been prayed over. And we are thankful for your teaching. If you have missed any of Ray's teaching, it's all posted at the Risenstein Facebook page and the Victory Facebook page. Click on the link that has yesterday's teaching. Scroll all the way down, and you'll see another link. Huh. And it'll say, everything Ray has ever said. <laughs> <laughs> now, my, my mother is there. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Haddon Spurgeon uh, spoke much on Jesus as the Passover lamb, and he said this way back when in mm. 18 boba da boom Christ is not only a savior for sinners, but he is food for them after they are saved. We must live on Christ as well as by Christ. Not mm. unlike what you were saying yesterday. Wow. Wow. Is it odd that every time I read Spurgeon, I hear Leanna's voice now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See this guy with the beard? This just doesn't fit. <laughs> Mark chapter 14. <laughs> On the first day of unleavened bread. Well, when I the... shave my beard. So. <laughs> yes. I saw her first. I, I saw her first. <laughs> On the first day of unleavened bread, when the Passover lamb was being sacrificed, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and prepare for you to eat the Passover. Mm. Hmm. There you go. There you go. The lamb, the fine picture of Christ. Mm -hmm. No other creature could so well have typified him who was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners. Mm. Let us begin today's teaching on Passover. Well, you know, as we have these times each year, and for the rest of the feasts as well, the probably the most common question I get in response I get, you got a lot of, wow, I've never heard that before. Mm -hmm. And I was teaching at uh, Church at War Hill last Wednesday, right. and, I, you know, I was just, I thought I had prepared properly. And, uh, you know, I started, just said, how many of you, you know, have been to a Passover Seder or are familiar with Passover? It's like, not one hand. It was just like, mm -hmm. wait, <laughs> sure. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm one of those that if you ask a question during church, I never have raised my hand. So I know there's probability of, of that some, but the fact is, who wants a free T-shirt? All, all the hands are up. <laughs> there, this is such a, a a lost bit of knowledge. You can find it. You can Google it for goodness sakes. But you you got to ask the question in our church, which has been obsessed with teaching of all the of all of the gifts, of mm -hmm. all the blessings uh -huh. that we get. We are obsessed with teaching. How is it that there is this? If if it's not an anti-Semitic. Uh, <laughs> kind of stance yeah. it's a, it's at least an ignorance yes. and a turning mm -hmm. away mm -hmm. and and the answer I, I thought it'd be worth taking a few minutes for so for our first one today i've just introed a, a different piece and now if you go if you've been in the church long enough especially if you've been in since the 70s as jews for jesus and those groups began to rise you uh might be somewhat familiar and you might have even attended a passover seder but you've definitely probably wondering how in the world has this passover meal which jesus as i said yesterday eagerly desired to eat specifically asked to celebrate often to honor him has become absolutely forgotten mm -hmm. and we can go as far as communion in the church, but that's it. Mm -hmm. And never communion in regards to Passover. Right. We'll call it the Last Supper. We'll do a lot of different things. But, you know, that's a, it's an odd thing at the very least. I love history. So for me, 
searching out the things just, you know, push every button for me. Well, the apostles we know uh, from history mm -hmm. uh, treasured the feasts of the Lord, all of them, and passed them on to their early church fathers. So that makes you go, well, mm -hmm. they did their job. Right. Um, and, and where did all this anti-Semitism come from anyways? Mm. Okay, well, with the passing of the Apostle John around 100 AD, the what would become the the church the roman catholic church at the time and and just i should just call it the the, the word catholic just just meant this universal church mm -hmm. one was in rome and one to the east so it began to split and rome obviously was a powerhouse uh early before jesus came on the scene as as a man but during these years, the Eucharist was celebrated on Easter, and anything Jewish became in increasingly outlawed, which is pretty big. Mm. By 155, Polycarp, who if you've read uh, uh -huh. Fox's Book of Martyrs or any of those, or just some early history, uh, he was the Bishop of Smyrna, Smyrna, and he was a disciple of the Apostle John. So second generation here. So he began to make appeals to um i can't do the guy's name proper properly anacetus i believe to celebrate the passover just as he had been raised to do and the early church had so he's making this appeal because it's already they're they're stepping away and uh he was obviously rejected highly rejected then about 40 years later, Victor, who was the Bishop of Rome, that would become the position eventually called the Pope, insisted that all churches accept the dominical rule of celebrating Easter rather than Passover. So already you're seeing this pulling away. And then at the Council of Nicaea has got to be the most um, ironic, odd mix of things that happen mm -hmm. at, that, at Nicaea. And now this is 325 A.D., so, you know, a couple hundred years following the uh, death and resurrection. And Constantine comes along, and mm -hmm. historically, we look at him as the guy who, who gets saved, becomes a Christian, and he stops persecution against Christians. Partially true, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't even know the proper word for that, but... So he's the emperor of Rome. Let's not forget mm -hmm. that. So he has grown up as every Roman emperor... You know, when Jesus said every rock is going to be removed, nothing will remain, that happened 40 years later. Titus came in, who would become an emperor, and he annihilated Jerusalem. I mean, every stone. Mm -hmm. there, when, they, when they described it for the next thousand years, it was as a flat. There's not even a rubble. It was flat. Mm -hmm. So when you go to Jerusalem today, you see what has been rebuilt over these thousands of years, mostly by Muslims. Uh, because everybody was trying to take right. Jerusalem, right? Right. So what happened with the Jews were right in in the middle of everything. Egypt would come up, uh, the Byzantine area, and the Syrians and Syrians and the Greeks. Everyone would come through there. And so they were, nobody really wanted to own it, but everybody came through there. Mm -hmm. So the Jews were always being put into submission by somebody. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were not very good at that. They rebelled always. Mm -hmm. And so by the time you get to the Romans, you're watching it happen. You read through the New Testament, you watch all the rebellions. And so, you know, by this time, by about 150 or so, they have, you know, they've gone through Masada. They've just taken every issue and they finally say, all right, 
Jews, you, you, you do not play well with us. And so they actually scatter them across the world mm. and they forbid them from living in Israel. Mm. Wow. So there's, there's a smattering, but they're scattered and don't return until 1948. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a long time to be scattered, right? Mm -hmm. So there is some serious animosity with Rome and the Jews. It, it's... It's, it's not a surprise as Ray unpacks this why my parents, especially my mom, felt a betrayal when I finally said in 2007, I believe that Jesus is the Messiah. Oh, goodness. They, there's a huge wall. Well, and, and I think rightly so. <laughs> I mean, as, yeah. you, as you read through history here, you're like, what in the world happened? But you have to keep the context, the context. This is the Roman Empire, all right? They are, they are and have been and will be at war with the Jews and anyone around them. They're, they conquer people. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. If you will not be conquered... Now, the Romans and the Greeks are unique in the sense that they don't destroy you, which people are... There's been lots of kingdoms destroyed, but they don't do that. They say, you will become one of us. Mm -hmm. You will you'll absorb and take our practices. Mm -hmm. So obviously the Jews were unique. They had one God, so they couldn't become, you know, the mythology and Zeus and all the rest of them. So they they were never going to fit the Roman model or the Greek model. They were always going to be. So all they could do is because you won't assimilate, we're going to scatter you. And so there was a lot of hatred there. So even Constantine. So by the time whatever encounter he has with God. He has a deep hatred for the Jews, and it also comes from the fact that he tries to convert them. Well, they're no better at converting than they were at assimilating. Mm -hmm. So he comes to this, what they call the Easter Edict at the Council of Nicaea. Now, the good thing at Nicaea, they were dealing with the Arian controversy, which mm -hmm. is uh, Jesus is not God. Mm -hmm. He's he's not equal with God. Right. And so they deal with that, and the that bishop is cast out, and that controversy is overcome. And mm -hmm. today in the church, you probably still quote sometimes the Nicene Creed, and that's where that comes from. Mm -hmm. Very good. The two other issues was they they didn't want Easter associated with um, Passover. That was the other issue that was big on the list. But there's this passion, this Easter edict. Um, basically cursing and cutting off all believers, Christians, who would dare follow any traditions of, quote, the hated Jews. Mm. So this is um, Constantine basically said, observing any Jewish tradition, a heresy punishable by persecution mm. and death. Mm. I mean, this is, th he's talking Christians here, all right? He's hating the Jews, but he's killing the Christians mm. because they're having anything to do with the Jews. So here's a little, little quote from Constantine. And first of all, it appeared an unworthy thing that in the celebration of this most holy feast, he's talking about Easter, we should follow the practice of the Jews who have impiously defiled their hands with enormous sin and are therefore deservedly afflicted with blindness of soul. Let us then have nothing in common with a detestable Jewish crowd, for we have received from our Savior... Notice he says, our Savior. Mm -hmm. So he's claiming Christianity. Uh, we've received from our Savior a different way. A course at once legitimate and honorable lies open to our most holy religion, beloved brethren. Let us, with one consent, 
<laughs> which is a way of saying you will not disagree with me, uh, with one consent, adopt this course and withdraw ourselves from all participation in their baseness. Mm. Now it gets worse. But essentially, this moment, you have to, in, in context, Jesus is Jewish. The disciples are Jewish, mm -hmm. and that first generation there is all Jewish. If God doesn't send them to the Gentiles, this, what we call Christianity... Wouldn't exist. <laughs> well, is Jewish. Right. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, to look at that and as they did in that day, saying these, one of the, his quotes often quoted is these killers of Jesus, and that's followed all the way to Hitler. So these kind of comments in this commentary ignores i mean every scripture you can run into that they're struggling going what the, what do we what do you mean this goes to gentiles this is crazy talk right and they're working through that in the book of acts together but part of the issue has to do with the sun and the moon you got to, again, think Roman, think mythology, who's their, the great gods all the way to Egypt mm -hmm. you can go. Mm -hmm. It's always Ra or it's Zeus or it's these, these ones that are associated with the sun. So the lunar calendar, if you follow the Hebrew, the biblical calendar that we talk about in these feasts, it's every month, 30 days, and it goes through. And God said, here's how, you, here's how your months and your year are counted. And this is what they've done since the beginning of time, since Adam and Eve. But obviously the Romans and any of these false religions will not allow the moon to have any directive in their life because it would be, it would, it would be detestable to them because they have to honor the sun. Right. Mm -hmm. So this, this odd little thing, but put in way back in time. Uh, so Julius Caesar, you have the Julian cal calendar, Pope Gregory, you have the Gregorian calendar. So you're following Rome through history here. And so they now start, they, they will only follow time set by the sun. So everything goes with the equinox, the, the first day of spring. And so they determine Easter based on that and all of their feasts. So not on the death, but it's always on the, this Sunday based on the equinox. Mm. So it follows really well with the church because we like Easter Sunday. And in, in all honesty, it's it's pretty convenient to be able to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus on, Jesus on a Sunday every year. Mm -hmm. So, but that doesn't happen if you follow the lunar calendar because today, uh, tonight is Passover, Monday will be your resurrection day. So obviously that pushes a lot of buttons, but for them, Easter falls on the first Sunday following the first full moon after the vernal equinox. If the first full moon occurs on the equinox, Easter is the following Sunday. That's a mathematical quandary, apparently. But that's what they do. <laughs> so if we follow, now you can, I put in my notes later, which I'll put to you if you want to follow any of these controversies through. Um, because the Jews are following the 14th day of this month, mm -hmm. of the month of Nisan, Regardless of the day of the week, Passover is any and every day of the week. It, it just depends how, the, how it falls in the calendar because it's Passover and it's been going that way since, <laughs> since Egypt. Right. All right. So they don't identify Sunday as a resurrection day So because it just falls wherever Passover right. falls, right? Right. So those who followed any other reckoning other than the solar one were stigmatized as heretics. So even 
Uh, a few years later, the Council of Laodicea, the, this is the canon, Christians shall not Judaize and be idle on Saturday, but shall work on that day. They've declared the Lord's Day. They shall especially honor, and as being Christians, shall, if possible, do no work on that day. Mm -hmm. If, however, they are found Judaizing, they shall be shut out from Christ. Mm. St. Uh, Chrysostom, I believe his name, uh, late 300s, early 400s, wrote that those of Jewish origins who defile the church by observance of the Jewish feasts and festivals were heretics and should be not allowed inside of the church. So you're kind of getting the concept here in these years as history goes forward. And then now we get calls from time to time by those uh, King James only folks who say this is the only Bible to read. So, with all due respect, I don't, I don't, I don't remember getting any of those calls. Uh, they are there. <laughs> Apparently, they all make it to me. I'm so sure they're out there. <laughs> here is an oddity that you'll only find in the King James Bible, Acts twelve four. There's talk about Peter in prison, and when they had apprehended him, he he put him in prison, delivered him to the four quartons of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, unless you read only the King James Bible, you've never read that verse because the word Easter is a Pesach, which is Passover, and mm -hmm. every Bible translates it Passover, not Easter. Mm. But this is your King James, which mm -hmm. throughout history was the only scripture used. And so, again, their, their work to just the focus on Easter, and it was a very anti-Passover yeah. celebration. So beginning with Constantine, a Christian, he began killing just uncountable numbers of Christians because they had anything to do with the Jews or they celebrated a Passover, they dealt with any kind of feast. So obviously by our day, you can't be mad at your pastor or at your church. Historically speaking, this has been pushed so far back mm -hmm. that it is what it is. But what we want to do, because we are the sound of revival, what that has to do is rising things from the dead, from, mm -hmm. from those things that are in the grave. And this is something that Jesus commanded us. And so for, for me, in my heart, it is important to say, okay, we've got to focus on this. We've got to help others focus and learn to mm -hmm. go recover what, what God commanded to do. It's a simple meal tonight or tomorrow night you have with Jesus. He's going to be at your table. You hang out, have all the food and laughter and fun with your family around. You focus on Jesus. That's the whole thing. And the, the next meal you'll eat after you die is with Jesus and wow. it will be the Passover. <laughs> so set this day apart or set tomorrow apart. They give you that leeway because of time change and obviously in Israel time is very different. It's You're supposed to go there for Passover but obviously when, you know, there's no law and so we don't have to follow those things next year in Jerusalem. Exactly. And yes. I, I hope that always. So mm -hmm. there's a little bit of intro to give you some context. And that's just part nine. <laughs> that is that is just that part nine. That might just be the intro to part nine. That <laughs> was the intro, but that's here at Victory 91.5, the soundeth of revival. <laughs> For many years.